listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Hello, sexy people. Welcome back to She Said What. If you've not been here before, then I just want to welcome you, let you know that this is a space for you to come to become the best version of yourself, to grow, to work on that inner dialogue. And whether we are talking about relationships or sex or sexuality or like today, money, it's a space for you to come and hopefully leave being a better person and you would have done some self-reflection. And so if you have been here before, then I just want to welcome you back and thank you so much for being here and for listening and supporting the show. Today, we're going to be talking about healing your relationship with money and how everybody has a money story. And it's something that I have never actually touched on before on the podcast. And I'm really excited because as we know, I love to talk about things that I find people don't normally want to talk about. Like those things when you're sat around a table, it might be a little bit rude to mention things like sex and things like money. Um, But I've never had the opportunity to make an episode about money before. And I've had such a journey with money going from feeling like I I shouldn't want money or I didn't deserve money, really undervaluing like my work and to the point where now I feel like I've broken a lot of those things down and I have such a healthy relationship with money in comparison to what it was before. But of course, I'm always still, you know, growing and learning, but I think I've just come so far with it. And I really wanted to share with you guys the different things that have come up for me when it comes to money, things like I don't deserve money or money is bad or money makes me anxious and how I was able to work through those mindsets when it came to money and then also how I was able to figure out how to budget and to get a practical hold on my financial life and so that's going to be today's episode. I would say this episode is for you if you are someone who is anxious around money or you just want to take a moment to think about what your relationship with money is like because maybe you haven't even really done that. Or maybe you just want some basic tips on budgeting and kind of roughly figuring out how to understand what money is coming in, what money is going out so that you're able to optimize your financial life because it is something that we don't talk about enough, but is so crucial to the way that we live our lives and everything, our happiness. And we're going to talk all about that today. So let's get right into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Starting out with a quick update on my week as per usual. It was my birthday yesterday and I had the best birthday. I actually think this is the birthday like that to me is the best I've had in years and years, probably since I was like quite a bit younger, Um, just because I, I spent it the way that I wanted to spend it. About two years ago, I remember I had this like party up on this like rooftop of the building that I was living in at the time. It sounds bougie. It wasn't okay. It was like literally just a rooftop. Um, And I had like not a lot of close friends at the time. And I remember just kind of inviting people to fill the space and trying to make sure that like it looked like I was doing something like cool for my birthday. Um, And I just, it didn't make me happy. And I remember looking back at that and being like, okay, I'm not going to do that ever again because I tried to make it something because I felt like I should be doing X, Y, Z. But it just wasn't like personally what I wanted to do. So then last year I went out for dinner with Sam, my partner, and that was all that I did. And I was very happy to do it. Well, actually... I should say I went I remember I went to breakfast with one friend and I went to lunch kind of with like another one of my really close friends and then dinner with Sam so it was a lot of eating um, and it was still great but definitely very like low-key and this year I feel like I found the perfect balance where like two weeks ago or so I went out with all like all my close friends it was like 10 of us like not a huge group at all but like the close close people to me and we went and just enjoyed some like drinks and had a really fun time all together and we're all dressed up and it was just it was so 
so, so good to have all of my people all in the same space, which like doesn't happen that often, you know? So that was really exciting for me. And then I had a stay at a hotel here in Surrey Hills in Sydney um, gifted to me with like a dinner and stuff, which was like so exciting and so nice that it just happened. I happened to get that gift through, um, through Amazon Prime randomly. And I got it through them right before my birthday and I was like perfect let's use it for my birthday so we went and if you saw my Instagram stories I literally documented the whole thing because I was so excited about it and it was so fun the room was beautiful if you guys are in Sydney you need to go check out the Ace Hotel because even just like the downstairs bar area which like anyone can just walk into at any point and whatever is, is beautiful and so fun and also like a very queer space which I didn't expect at all but like you walk in there's like a big sign on the wall that says like queer all year and like you could tell the different people in there were all just very like good vibes you know so it was a a really really good time and I just stayed over with Sam and I and we did a really beautiful dinner upstairs at the restaurant it's like 18 floors up and it's called Kiln and because we had to use this voucher we just spent so much money on food because we didn't we knew we could do that because we weren't paying for it so we don't have to feel like bad about it at all and so we just like really went out went all out and it was so much fun like honestly I'm so 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 grateful and so thankful to have the people in my life that I have right now and to have had that really great opportunity to spend my birthday doing something just really nice and like over the top and amazing and so I had a great day I'm finally slowing down getting back into like work this week and I thought this episode would be great because I think I said this maybe last episode or the one before it that I had been listening to other podcasts and like reading and even just like personally um, journaling when it comes to like my personal practice on a regular basis where I will journal and sit down maybe once or twice a week and I'll really like dig into my thoughts and really reflect and like give my t- myself that space to almost like meditate until I feel like I've I've kind of like grounded myself. It's a grounding routine, if I will. Like that's how I would explain it. That's my self-care. <laughs> um, and I was doing that and it's, money's been coming up so much for me. Money has been something that has really like been something that I've I've tried to understand why I see it the way I see it and it actually came up over the last few days because I was in this insane hotel room with like this big day bed that like dead ass like four people could sleep on just the day bed let alone the giant king size bed right beside it and I walked in and I was like <gasps> like this is so beautiful this is too much I don't need all this oh my god this is this is too much I feel bad and I would right away right away my thought was I feel bad I don't want to what if I post both this on Instagram and people think it's oh that's too much and I and I started getting really in my head about thinking this is too much for me I don't need all of this um and even when I went to Pilates this morning I literally walked in and somebody was like how's your birthday and I was like it was amazing it was insane like oh my gosh like I was just like shocked and I I almost felt like weird talking about it because I I wanted to, I didn't want to come off as, um, I don't know, like being like really privileged or whatever. I just didn't want to come off in a way that seemed like shitty, if that makes sense. And so I think it's been something that's really on my mind right now, but something that I I wanted to bring to you guys and talk to you guys about because I had been thinking so much about it. And I was thinking about how when I was like in college and I had like literally no money and I didn't understand my money. Like I had no idea what was going on. I never had to manage myself in this way. I moved across the world and suddenly I had to figure out my own life and I just, I'd never done it. And I would have these situations where I would suddenly need $200 and I didn't even realize that I need to pay this bill and it was this big stress and I'd be there calling my mom going like mom can I please borrow this money for just like a few days and then when I get paid I'll pay you back and I'd be feeling horrible I didn't know what the hell was going on you know I would overspend sometimes in ways that I just should not have overspent or other times I'd be way too harsh on very specific things like I'd be like I'm not allowed to have a coffee I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go no coffee that's what I'm gonna put to the side and then I would let myself buy like really expensive other things that I did definitely didn't need so like my my my, the way I thought about money just needed to be like developed and I needed to start to understand why I thought the way I thought about money. And so I'm going to go through first and tell you a bit about my money story, which is something I learned from a podcast called She's on the Money. 
Yes, that's what it's called. She's on the Money, which is a great podcast, and I would recommend it to you for sure. It's by this beautiful woman called Victoria Divine, and she is literally divine. No, but she she just speaks on money, and she's really great about it, and like you can go really in-depth with it. But I've learned heaps from her, and she has talked about money stories and how everyone has this story. Like, everyone has this history. Everyone has certain traumas related to money, or you saw your parents as you grew up, or the people that raised you— as you grew up, like talking about money, maybe never or maybe all the time, maybe seeming stressed about it, but not telling you or seeming stressed about it and definitely telling you or making you feel like a burden because you costed money or, you know, we all have these different stories. And if we don't think about the messages that we were told about money growing up, then we don't often change those narratives and move on in a healthy way. It's similar to how I talk about our relationship with sex and shame. And if we don't think about the messages that we learned about sex and sexual shame, then we are likely to just hold on to them like subconsciously or unknowingly until we get to a point where it really smacks us in the face. And then we're with this just like really strong realization of holy shit I'm actually ashamed to xyz to masturbate or to use toys or to whatever because I was taught that that was bad and I, I don't think that's bad but I was taught it so you have to go back and really recognize it and so for me my money story is that growing up I definitely like my family was definitely well off we were totally fine um my mom was an accountant so you could imagine we definitely talked about money all the time and my dad was a supply teacher and so he never worked full time um and he always had like a second kind of job on the side as well um but he tended to be the one who would like come and pick us up from school and do the things where if anybody had to come and deal with the kids like mom was at work you know but my dad would be there around to pick us up and do things for us um and so we definitely I definitely am privileged and I want to acknowledge that off the bat that that is something that I'm very lucky to have and for me I am coming from a place where I definitely didn't get everything I wanted by any means I remember oh my gosh I remember when I was in like grade six I want to say I was pretty young and these were there were these jackets that were so popular they were called bench jackets I don't know if anybody remembers this this is so embarrassing they were like literally like kind of looks like a raincoat and then it had this big back section where the hood would like stick in there and everybody had one it was like a cool thing to have and I remember a bunch of my friends had them and they had like pink ones and purple ones and whatever and I was saying to my mom mom I really want this bench jacket like I need this jacket I need it I need it I need it and they were probably like Ooh, I don't know. I want to say like $120 or something. Like they were over $100. Like these are, these were like, oh, this is a pretty nice jacket for a freaking, I was like 13, right? Like for a young person, 12, 12 years old, whatever I was, that's a pretty nice jacket and a bit unnecessary, right? Cause I'm like a kid. Anyways, everyone had one. I really, really wanted one. And my mom was like, I'm not buying you one of those. You don't need that. You just don't need it. You know, we, you only get the things that you need. You don't need that. You have a jacket. And we went to this like op shop, this like secondhand store one day and we found this one this one bench jacket and it was like a teal color it was actually so ugly this is so embarrassing it was like a teal color and it had like the bench part was written in like green it was not good but it was $60 and my mom was like okay I'll buy you this bench jacket for $60 but you're not getting like a new one like you can have this one and so I took that bench jacket and I remember wearing it to school and I thought it was ugly I literally thought it was ugly but I was like but at least I have a bench jacket because I want like people to like see that I also have a bench jacket and like I'm also cool. So like that's an example of like what it was like growing up for me where like my we definitely had everything that we needed. Um, but I definitely didn't have everything that I wanted. And if I wanted to buy certain things, it would be a conversation and like, okay, here's why I want it. And I would like state my case. When I wanted to go to a One Direction concert when I was 14, I want to say 13 or 14, I was obsessed. I was fully obsessed. And these tickets were like two, $300. Like they were very expensive. And I was like, mom, like I want them so bad. I want them so, so bad. My sister and I sat down and we wrote a letter. We literally wrote a letter, like typed out a letter, printed it and like put it under my mom's pillow. Like <laughs> it 
we would be like, please, we would convince her and we would tell her why we needed it and why was it really important experience. And if we could justify things and we were allowed to get them or like maybe she would make it happen. But sometimes we couldn't and that just was the reality of it. Um, and so it was a bit of like a mixed experience and I definitely would not say that I missed out on things. You know, I went to all the school trips and if I really wanted to get into like a sport or something, all of that was supported and I did piano lessons all growing up and even that, like that's a really good example as well, somewhere in between. So like I really wanted to do piano and vocal lessons and my mom was like, well, we're not paying for you to do both of them. So I alternated. So every other week I would do piano and every other week I would do singing lessons. So it was kind of like that mix in between and growing up, I think being in that space where I had what I needed, but I didn't have everything I wanted. I think it did teach me really well how to justify the things that I want, but there's always like a flip side to that. So as much as I felt like it was important for me to figure out what was a need and what was like a justified purchase, it also means that now in my adult life, I have moments where I'll be saying to Sam, I'll be like, just, you know, I bought this and I got this, but okay, I really needed it because I'm running out of this and this is this is this. And he'll say to me, you don't have to justify it to me. You don't, I don't, I don't care. You don't have to explain to me. And I'll go, no, but I just want you to know that I'm not wasting our money. I'm being really mindful. And like, I really like overcompensate in that sense. So we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. But it's funny how a lot of these things that we learn, there's always like a flip side to it. There's a good, there's a bad, and we all come from a different place. So what I want you to do is to absolutely take a second here and think, okay, what was my money story like growing up? And if you have a very clear thing in your mind right now of like, well, we had no money, we were poor. Okay. But take a second and think even more detailed. What, what did that look like? Was it guilt put on you or was there um, either of your parents or whoever took care of you growing up, um, acting as if money wasn't an issue when it was or whatever it is. Think about the details of it and think about the things that maybe your family justified spending on, but other families didn't seem to justify or things that you thought was really unfair that you weren't allowed to have, but other people were and how your parents' values maybe didn't trickle down and translate to what your values were and just take a second to do that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, great. And we're back. Something I wanted to add about my money story that was not just about from where my parents were from and raised and how things were for them is that I was raised in the church as well. And every church is different. Um, every religion and whatever is obviously different as well. And so I'm not going to say that this is an overall statement that covers all people who have, quote, grown up in the church. But for me, I felt like money was something that was asked to be given often to the church. And so I always heard it being talked about as this really important, valuable asset that should be used for good. Um, so I had that influence. And then I also had the influence of money being vilified and people who had maybe nicer things or more expensive things, it being vilified because often within the church, and this is, I grew up Pentecostal Christian, to be clear, it is seen as idolizing something. So when you idolize something, it's like you see it as being really important and probably more important even than God. And so you would put money before God. You put your favorite singer before God. You put, you know, wanting to look cool with your friends before God. It's usually the idea of idolizing something is a bad thing in the church for sure. And so I really saw that money was something that people would see other people idolize. And so you'd hear in different sermons them saying things like, like, do you need 
a beautiful car and a fancy this and a fancy that to show that you are who you want to be? Or should it be the word of God, like on your lips, you know, sharing the word of God with people? Because there's so much more value in the word of God than there is in money or whatever you're idolizing. And so that was a really big influence for me as well. And that definitely ties into some of the things that I feel like I have thought about money for the longest time until I recently really dug into it and started to unpack it. All right, getting into it. Common issue number one that I have absolutely experienced is that I feel like I don't deserve money. Growing up in the church, especially, and I would say this also applies to people who just grew up with people who also potentially had this belief. So this isn't just for people who grew up conservative or whatever. This is also people who grew up with similar messaging from the people that raised them. Um, I felt like I didn't deserve nice things and I didn't need it. It wasn't necessary for me. This one even came up over this weekend, like I said, like for my birthday. I walked into that room and I was like, I don't need this. This is too much. Oh my God. Oh, this is, this is ridiculous. I I feel bad spending so much money. And again, I wasn't even spending my own money, but I felt bad getting so much value and was like, I just don't need this. You know, I don't, I don't deserve it. And I think, especially in the church, you grow up with this idea of, well, no, you don't deserve anything, but God is going to gift you all these things. Everything is a gift from God and you are not deserving of anything. But the only reason that you are getting things in life at all is because God is blessing you or, you know, because Jesus died on the cross for you. And that was kind of like the whole thing. And so I never felt like I was worthy. It's a common thing to say in the church. If you don't know this, it's a common thing to say, I am not worthy. You know, I'm not worthy of your love. Thank you so much for loving me, God. That's like a whole thing. And so you repeat for your whole life, a very long time, at least for me, like, I'm not deserving. (laughs) I am not worthy. (laughs) Like you literally speak those things over and over and over. And then like the winning factor is that like you're worth it because of God. And so it's this whole thing. Um, And I really had that one ingrained in me, this thing that I don't deserve it. And so I think now I'm at a place where I'm starting to feel like I do deserve things. And I'm starting even saying that though right now, if I'm being 100% honest, there's a little part in my my chest, my stomach. I don't know. That feels like, oh, shouldn't say that. Can't be saying that. Can't be saying that. It's, It's real. It's very deeply ingrained, but I'm a lot better now when I have that feeling that tells me, oh, you shouldn't say that with being able to combat it and go, "Mm, no, actually, here's why I say it. Because I actually am deserving of, say, compensation for my job because I'm a hard worker. Or I am deserving of a good, healthy, loving relationship because I'm a good partner and I'm willing to give as much as I receive. Does that make sense? So I kind of go through this process where even if I still have moments where I'm say triggered or I feel that ping of like anxiety or even like imposter syndrome, or you shouldn't be saying that almost like this, this deeply ingrained fear-based belief that feels like just this reflection, not a reflection, a like instinct or a quick thing that pops up into my mind. What the work is, in my opinion, is figuring out how you combat it in that moment, which I've talked many times on the podcast about cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, which is where you are taking an idea, um, a belief, uh, a bad thought, something that comes up in your mind, and you're actually going through the process of journaling how to change that belief and how to move forward in a way where you've actually clarified and you're, you're working on changing that belief. So even if right now the pathways in my brain, when I say I am deserving of something, is negative and it goes, whoop, no, you're not. I'm actively redirecting the thought to become a positive thought and teach my brain to genuinely believe that I am deserving of something. So it's a lot of like mental gymnastics and I hope that didn't get too like confusing, but it's real and it's a real thing. And I think for me to wait to make a podcast episode say about this 
because I think, oh, well, I'm not perfect and I don't have it figured out, then I would never do it. I would never get there. And it's really about helping ourselves figure out, figuring out why we feel the things that we feel and then being able to change it into become something else. And then eventually we actually do become someone who's more open and doesn't feel that shame or feel that disbelief or that fear or whatever, because we've actually worked on it and we've healed that part of our brain. Next, another really common thing that's discussed around money is that money makes me anxious. Money makes me anxious is something that I've heard so many people say and I have absolutely related to at many times. I'm naturally a pretty anxious person um, or I tend to go that way if I don't keep it in check. And I find money causing anxiety usually comes from either having a lack of money, which is obvious and definitely something I've experienced, um, being in college and eating two minute noodles, <laughs> not a good time, or not knowing what's going on with my money, kind of like a lack of self-awareness or feeling a bit out of control because I just didn't have the knowledge to understand how like budgeting works or even to really understand understand how what I have incoming and what I have outgoing works and like what money I actually need, if that makes sense. I just like didn't really have enough awareness around what was going on and would be surprised when I came up really short or I just felt like I didn't have a plan and money just felt so random. It felt like this thing that like, how could I even track it? How could I even budget? That's so ridiculous because every month is so different. I felt like I was very lost with money. Um, and so anxiety is a big one. And I know you're thinking, Alyssa, why don't you just get more money? Get your money up, bitch. Look, it's not always that easy. Okay, it's not always that easy. And I think when people look at people and see them in their situations of not having a lot of money, um, often the response is like, well, you should have worked harder. You should you should have, you know, everyone has access to just be able to go and get a basic job that anyone can do, like hospitality or, I don't know, working in retail or a very like basic job. You don't even need to have any kind of schooling, any kind of blah, 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 blah. And I will say that I absolutely do did have access to this. I am privileged, very privileged to have had access to that from the age that I could work, but not everybody does. And I think it's really important, just a little side note, that if you do see people really struggling with money or complaining about money or you view people who are experiencing homelessness as people who probably should just work a little bit harder or who could probably do more if they tried, that is very close-minded and very privileged mindset to have. And I'm sure you are amazing and you don't have that mindset, but I just think it's really important to point out because I still hear that narrative very often and people acting as if everybody has the same opportunity that they have when they don't. And you might be thinking, oh, well, on a basic level, yes, they have the opportunity, but there are so many things that stop people from being able to get a job, like not having a consistent home address or having to do things in the time that they would be going to that job, like caring for a child or a parent or a loved one or something like that. Even things like purchasing a uniform, getting transport to a job struggling with your mental health and not being able to commit consistently to a job that requires you to be there and be present. Even people struggling with addiction. Like there are so many things and that can happen at any stage of somebody's life, no matter where they're at. And so I think it's just really important that we recognize that as much as you might be a really hard worker and you have been able to do really well for yourself in a lot of areas, not everyone has that ability. And so if money makes you anxious because there are other things that come into it. Like I have to pay for my health because I need this medication or psychology, like psychologists, counseling, whatever, therapy to keep me healthy. I need money for these things that maybe other people don't need money for. Then I definitely just want to acknowledge that and recognize that because as much as I haven't had that experience other than mental health, really, it is very real. And my only really example of this from my life personally, which I'm very blessed to be able to say this, but my only experience of this is when I was in college, I was at Hillsong College, which you guys should know by now, because I'm, oh, I'd be talking shit all the time about it. <laughs> um, I was at Hillsong College and I was giving so much of my time and money and effort to the church that I was personally like, 
really struggling and I was trying to work as much as I could in a restaurant and I'm like running around up until 1 a.m. at this restaurant and getting up the next morning to go to church at like 5 a.m. Crazy, stupid shit that I was doing back then. Um, It was really hard because I also needed to pay to go see a counselor because I was really struggling and I didn't at the time I couldn't blame it on the church because I didn't know that it was a lot of that. Like, obviously, you know, it's it's not just circumstantial, but a lot of it was being triggered by a lot of things going on in the church. Um, I was really struggling. And I remember there was one week where I was like, having multiple panic attacks, just, I was like, I can't work. I literally can't work. I can't, like, I don't know what to do. I couldn't go into a shift. I felt like I was going to cry at any second. I felt like, what happens if I have an anxiety attack when I'm at work that like I felt, you know, that is embarrassing or what if they think that I'm not going to be a good person to come into work and so they stop giving me shifts. Like I felt really at risk, I think, in that moment. And I remember Sam, who at the time was my boyfriend, like offering to pay for my rent that week. And I felt so guilty. And I was like, no, you can't do that. Like, please, I don't want that. And I think he actually did end up paying for my rent that week, which was like, a huge deal to me because even accepting it was like $200 at the time or $250. I felt terrible for even doing that. Um, but it was, it was really scary. It was, I felt very defeated. And then the anxiety of not having money because I felt like I couldn't work made my anxiety so much worse. And it was just a horrible loop. And so I'm so grateful to not be there anymore. But even now I'm so grateful that I get to do content creation as my full-time job because if I wake up one day and I really am not feeling well for whatever reason I'm able to adapt whereas even when I was teaching Pilates less than six months ago I would have so many days when I would wake up and I would be like so anxious to teach for some reason just being in front of people didn't feel good maybe like some PMS before my period because I was kind of struggling with that a little bit um and I would just be like this is fucked I can't believe this this is fucked I can't believe I'm going in right now or I would cancel work and then I would feel like a bad person going not going to work you know so it is it is a whole thing and you might have specific reasons as to why you might be anxious around money and again I just want to acknowledge that because I think we've all had certain scenarios where we've felt that and it's not just oh I'm anxious because like I just want to have enough money to like save so I can like go shopping like no it's like survival okay (laughs) Another belief is that wanting money is shallow and self-centered. And this is one that I had to break down so much. And you know what? When I first moved to Australia, when I would go shopping, say, for clothing, I would look at $100 and I would go, that's a lot of money. I can get, say, five T-shirts with that. I can get five or six or even seven, maybe, shirts and, like, little crop tops. So I would think, okay, I'm getting this amount of items. I'm getting more items. So I'm going to go and get, like, six shirts, even if I really needed pants even if I really needed a jacket, in my mind, I felt like quantity was better over quality. And with a lot of things in my life, I would go for quantity, like even food. Um, I don't know, everything, like home decor and everything that I I wanted in my life, I wanted quantity because I thought that that was valuable. And now I've moved into a space of seeing quality as being better. But at one point I used to feel sick to my stomach at the idea of spending like a hundred dollars on a really nice t-shirt, which still, again, that is a lot of money. It is. It is a lot of money for a t-shirt, okay? It is, and I get that. But when I start to look at the wares that I actually get out of it and the way that it actually fits my body and makes me feel confident leaving the house, like the way that it's not gonna break apart or get like all bally, like the way that it's going to be a good quality product, then I was able to start to justify it over time. And that doesn't mean, oh, great, now I'm going to start spending five times the amount that I spent before instead of $20, I'm spending $100. It's not that. It's that you shop that much less and you get less items, but you get higher quality. And that's something that I have changed over time. And it's funny that at one point, my mindset was so stuck on $100 for a t-shirt. That's crazy. That's fucked. That's Who's going to spend that? That's ridiculous. Sam and I used to fight about this because Sam loves clothes. He loves it. And the reason Sam is coming up a lot in this episode is because 
we have all of our money together. And so if you guys want to hear more about that, then I can absolutely make an episode on that or him and I can do it together. Um, but we have all of our money together and we've done that ever since we um, like moved in together and got married. Um, so yeah, we put everything together. And I used to be like, well, you're not justifying it. Why you, You're not justifying to me why that's necessary. $100 for a t-shirt, that's insane. You need to justify it. Because my mom wanted me to justify my expenses growing up. And he just didn't think that way. He thought, well, life is too short. Who gives a fuck? Get what you want. And I would be thinking, what do you mean? Where's the self-discipline? And so it's so funny that being with somebody who thinks differently than you can really, like, we would fight over the stuff. You guys have no idea. You fight, but then you also, like, really help each other and you teach each other and you can come to really healthy middle grounds because you have all the data from one side, like one whole family that does things a whole certain way. And then you have all the data from the other side and then you can kind of come together and create like a version that works for both of you. And it's just interesting. Everyone is so different, but I think that one is so important because wanting money in reality, you know, wanting things that are of quality is not shallow. I I now see wanting things of quality as being like smarter financially. Um, and instead of coming from this mindset that is like less developed, that's just like, oh, that's too much or that's not necessary. Or, or who, who are you trying to like, what are you trying to prove or who are you trying to look good for? You know, this isn't a fashion show, that kind of thing, that very negative mindset of seeing something that is of quality being too expensive and unnecessary, taking that and going, okay, but is the use going to make it worth it? And is, you know, the experience going to be worth it? And starting to open up that mindset and finding that in between where you're actually going, I can justify it. We don't always have to, but I can personally justify it so that I can feel like I'm making a responsible choice and go, okay, this thing is actually worth my money. And so that's something that I've had to grow in a lot that I think is really interesting and something that a lot of people don't realize that they think that way and they just are quick to say, oh, that's stupid. That's dumb. That's unnecessary. But then if you actually dig into it, it's like, well, maybe it is great. Maybe it is worth it. I used to look at people who wore even like designer clothing, which is often, not always, but is often better quality than something that you're going to go buy at your local fucking Walmart or Kmart or whatever. I would look at that and be like, Mm, they're probably they probably have really low self-esteem you know they're probably trying to prove something and I used to see it so close-mindedly I think because I didn't have access to those kinds of clothes I didn't have access to it so I would go oh I don't need that but why do they need it but the point is is that maybe they don't quote need it maybe they're just able to get it it makes them feel happy and good in their body and they see the value in it because it's actually going to last them a lot longer than something that they're going to buy at Kmart and maybe get five washes out of and then potentially have to get rid of. And hey, I'm not saying that all the Kmart stuff is bad because these slippers right here are from Kmart. So I am not I'm not dissing Kmart. We love Kmart. But all I'm saying is that it's really important that we start to dig into these little mindsets that we have that we probably don't even realize we have that we could have picked up from our grumpy ass father or our crazy mother or whoever that's so mean that was a joke and my parents are not like that at all all I'm saying is that we could have picked these things up from people without realizing it and as we grow and we actually become the people that we want to become we can start to go oh wow I actually don't want to believe that I don't want to think that way I don't want to be so pessimistic I actually want to be open-minded and be empathetic and understanding towards why people think the way they think and why people spend the money the way that they spend their money and last but not least, I'm bad with money is a really commonly said thing. And I think this tends to come from making emotional choices when it comes to money, like going out of your way to get something when you are feeling like you are down. And I think this happens to a certain extent. And it's fine to have those moments where you're like, I just want a little pick me up. Maybe that's like a little Uber Eats moment or that's just wanting to get something for you to enjoy. And I think that's fine to a certain extent. But when it becomes something that is consistent and unhealthy, it's definitely something that is worth working on. 
and figuring out why that is your crutch and why that's the thing that you go to. Maybe you saw this as you grew up and you saw someone doing this and it's something that we don't want to be doing consistently because obviously it ends up being taxing on us. So the things that we do value and we want to spend money on, we then don't have the money to spend on it. Now I want to talk really quickly about budgeting and how I was able to go from a place of really not understanding what was happening with my money to then moving into a place of feeling like I understand my money and I'm able to see my budget at least in my head and also now on paper and on a spreadsheet in a way that makes sense for me so I'm able to have a hold on my life financially. Something that I did when I first tried to figure out how to budget was I literally pulled out a piece of paper and I started writing down, okay, this is my incoming and this is my outgoing. So this is your take home homework that you are going to do. If you are feeling like you don't have a hold on your life financially, this is how you're going to start to understand how your money works. There's two things here that you can do specifically. So the first one is taking what you currently spend, looking at maybe you use one card all the time, maybe it's multiple, but if it is one, then going through and actually printing out your statement from the last month. You can do two months, you know, however much time that you think you need to have an accurate representation of how much money you spend and go through and highlight all of the things that are necessary expenses with one color and then highlighting with the other color all of the things that were just choices that you made. So going out to eat, all of the fun stuff, everything that you purchased that is like, okay, I didn't absolutely need to spend that if I wanted to prioritize that money in a different way. This is very enlightening because it will make you go, whoa, I spend a lot of money on this thing and I had no idea. And if I cut that, that actually means that I could potentially save an extra maybe $20 a week, maybe $100 a week. And that can be a huge shock and something that I think we should all be aware of, especially if you haven't done anything like this before. The second thing that you can do is to look at creating a budget. And that can be very scary, but this can be a very quick practice that doesn't need to take a long time. So first of all, you, there's two parts of it. There's your incoming and your outgoing. Incoming is more simple. So maybe you have one job, you have one stream of income, writing down roughly how much that comes in every week or bi-weekly. I like to do it based off my pay schedule. So I used to do it based off weekly when I was paid um, weekly working at a restaurant. Then I started being paid bi-weekly when I worked at a Pilates studio. So then my budget was more of a bi-weekly thing. And now it is kind of more of like a monthly thing because I freelance and I don't have consistent income at all. Some months are really great. Some months I'm making very little money, less than I used to make at the restaurant. And so it depends on what's happening in my life, but it can be different depending on who you are in your scenario. So think about how you want to do it, whether you want to do it in one week or a month or whatever makes sense for you. Write down all of your incoming, maybe there's multiple streams, whatever it is, write it down. And then you want to go over to outgoing. So outgoing, you're going to start with all the things that are absolutely necessary. This is your bills. This is your rent. This is your phone bill. This is your car. This is whatever is like a consistent thing that you absolutely need. Maybe you fill up your gas tank once a week and that's $90 or whatever it is. So then you write that down. You write down how much you need to spend. Obviously, if it's if you're doing it in a month, you want to then multiply that weekly expense by four. You are smart. I know you know that, but you know, break it up, figure it out. You have the things that you absolutely need to pay for. And then you have the things that um, are consistent spend, like consistent, naturally, like always comes out, but isn't necessary 100% necessary. So that's going to be things like Netflix, um, any kind of like apps that you maybe pay for with like Sam, there's like certain music things that he needs. I don't really know how it works, but like certain like plugins for music. I don't know. So there are certain things like that, that it's like, okay, in theory, he doesn't need them, but we prioritize it. We know it's necessary. For me, there are certain like editing apps. Like I use like a Splice, which is an editing app um, and just extra storage on my phone. So there's those kind of consistent ones that are somewhere in between a need and a want, if you will. Um, there's that section because potentially you might actually go back to the section and take something out. Like if you can think, okay, I can actually not choose to pay for Netflix this month and that means that I'm going to be able to save XYZ, maybe that's going to be something that you want to do depending on how much you value Netflix, right? And then going forward, we have all the things that are more so wants. So then we have 
eating out and buying clothes and anything that is fun, going out with friends, like not just fun, but things that are, you know, a choice that you're going to be spending on. And so that's where we want to talk about figuring out your values. This is the exciting part. And this is the part that takes more self-reflection as well, because your values are going to be different person to person. And there is nothing wrong with having a value that might not seem like a value to somebody else. If for you, beauty is a priority, getting your hair done, getting your nails done, being able to spend X amount of money on like new makeup products or whatever every single month, then that's totally fine, by the way. And I think for a while, I felt a little bit dumb being like, oh, putting my nails in my budget. That's so stupid. If I'm going to do that shit anyways, then who am I? Like, what am I doing? I'm wasting my time if I'm not going to just put it in the budget and acknowledge that that is something that I want to spend money on. And if you're sitting there going, well, that's a bit dumb. That's not necessary. I've been really wanting to spend money to travel. Why am I getting my nails done? Perfect. Then you can look at that and say, maybe I actually want to sacrifice this expense that I have been spending recently and not even realizing that that's actually pretty expensive and maybe that's something I actually want to get rid of. And so what I would encourage you to do at this point is sit down and think about what your true values are when it comes to money and where you want to spend to be able to have fun. Maybe you actually are okay with every time you go out with your friends not drinking because maybe you also want to work on your relationship with alcohol and you've decided, you know what, I'm not going to drink at all this month and that's probably actually going to save me potentially a few hundred dollars or even just a hundred dollars because you know five cocktails 20 bucks each that's it 100 bucks right there and you probably don't realize that until you step back and you go whoa that's actually a lot of money and a lot of people don't realize what they spend their money on so that is what I would encourage you to do is figure out your values and where you want to start to place money after you have a bit of a budget you can go in as depth as you want. Um, you can get really specific. You can go into like date night or however many times you want to be going out per month or how much you would love to be putting towards a trip if you are planning a trip for a certain time and you know you need, say, $2,000 for this trip. Okay, if that trip is in four months, that means I need $500 a month. Okay, that's a lot of money. So then you have to figure out, okay, per week, that's more than $100 a week. Okay, what am I spending maybe $100 or even a little bit more on per week. And then you start to break it down that way. And it starts to feel a lot more practical, something you're actually able to do. And like I said, I use UpBank, which is a great, great app for saving money. And so I have all these little savers. And so maybe I get paid and I go, okay, this money's going to rent. I know in my mind that per week, say I would make, let's say it's $1,000 to make it easy. Say I make $1,000 in a week, I could go, okay, I need to put, maybe these are not, I numbers, by the way, but say I'm putting $400 towards rent. I have $100 towards bills. I have $100 towards uh, like food. And then I have these extra $100 for little things I need to buy. And then you break it down and then you go, okay, and now I can save $100 and I can use this $100 for putting towards beauty and all the things that I value, right? So you start to break it down and it makes more sense in your mind. So if you're having these moments of frustration, you're like, mm, I really want to get my nails done. I hate that I don't have money. Then you can go, oh no, but you know what? I'm actually prioritizing this trip and you can like rationalize it and it feels better to know what's going on with your money. And I think it's so much more empowering. And then that anxiety when you're sat there getting your hair done and you're going, oh my God, this is so expensive. This is too much. I don't need this. You can go, no, but I budgeted for it. So I don't have to feel bad spending this money because I know that it lines with my values. Does that make sense? So I think that really helped me. And when I started to break it down, I first did it on paper just because I, I wanted to get very like, just, you know, just very like basic, um, very like l l bottom level, figure it out. And then I went from there to creating like a spreadsheet and I use like Google Sheets and I like will write it out. And so I've seen people where they have such, such, such detailed budgets to the point that it's like to the dollar. And I'll see people who will just do it very roughly. But you need to do whatever's going to make you feel most empowered so you can actually make choices for your money that make you feel really good. I should say as well, one last thing, that money kind of comes and goes and it comes in certain seasons more so. Maybe you work more over summer and then you save some money and then as you go back into school or whatever you're doing, then you have a little bit less, but you can use that savings that you had from your summer. Or maybe you just want to have a really fun summer and you want to make a bunch of money and spend a lot of money and then you want to go back to your poor student lifestyle when you're back in school. And that's totally fucking fine. You do whatever you want to do. What's ever going to make you, what's going to make you feel good in your situation and try to anticipate any kind of like, 
anxiety that you might have towards your money so that you're able to be prepared and feel good. Once you have a bit of a budget going, then you can kind of revise, you know, the next month you can sit down and go, okay, I ran out of money a lot quicker than I thought I was going to when it came to groceries or when it came to wanting to buy extra things. I didn't realize how much I shop or whatever it is. Then you kind of can sit there and you can go, okay, well, I do actually need an extra hundred dollars for this thing that might need to come out of beauty a little bit. And maybe 50 will come out of beauty and 50 will come out of savings for travel or 20 and 20 and 20 and 20 will come out. And do you see what I'm saying? You kind of start to break it down and it, it all starts to make sense. And you feel like you really are leading your life in a way that it doesn't just feel random. It's not like, oh no, what if this random expense comes out? What if this thing randomly happens? It doesn't have to feel like every time you're bringing it down right to the dollar by the time right before you get paid, it makes sense and you are feeling like you're living in abundance. And then the more you create that consistent like control within your financial life as you hopefully grow and become even more financially abundant that just starts to expand even more so you're used to understanding that you have to potentially make sacrifices in certain ways and then as you hopefully start to gain more of an income then you can go okay well maybe I'm going to start to put more money towards savings or maybe I'm going to bring back those things that I was able to sacrifice or maybe you'll be like oh I was really able to sacrifice it and I didn't realize how much I actually didn't need to get my nails done every other week or whatever and I'm happy to not spend on that and I can put that money somewhere else so you really start to get a hold on it. And then as you grow, you're able to manage like a $50,000 a year budget. And then you're able to manage a $100,000 a year budget and then 200,000. And maybe you're going to get to that point where you just continue to grow because you are always able to understand what was going on, even when you didn't have a lot to manage. And I think I felt that at one point where I was making not a lot of money at all. I was just like, this is dumb. Why am I trying to manage this money? I'm talking about $10 here. I'm talking about $20 here. But if you can manage $10, $20, then you can manage $1,000, $2,000. And then from there, you can really grow. And alongside doing that actual practical budgeting, you're also managing how you feel about your money and healing from the ways that you potentially felt negatively towards money growing up. And you start to heal it and you have a really healthy relationship with finances over time. That's it for today's episode, guys. I hope that you liked this conversation. I've, Like I said, I've never talked about money on my podcast. I don't know if you guys are going to like this, but I thought it would be helpful for you guys to hear a little bit about how I've managed getting to where I am because I get a lot of people asking me about um, how I'm able to live in a very expensive city or how I was able to do that while not having any education. I'm working in a restaurant, you know, and then how I was able to save from there to become a Pilates instructor and then save from there to become a freelancer and like all the the little in-betweens and how you're able to kind of work through different seasons and I could talk about it all day long but hopefully this has generally helped you to create a healthier mindset around money and I really really encourage you to now go and take that time and have it come up more in little moments when you feel anxiety around money or you feel guilt from spending money or whatever it is that you start to recognize why you feel those things and then you start to heal those ways of thinking so that as you grow and as you move into different seasons financially, you always feel like you're able to create that stability and you're able to have a good hold on your money and you actually do have control of your life. You are actually in control of your situation, which is so empowering and something that we don't talk about enough. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you don't already follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, then please go ahead and follow. If you want to connect with me, I'm over on Instagram and TikTok at Alyssa Taylor Harper. And you can join our Facebook group called She Said What Podcast Group, where I keep you guys updated on the podcast and sometimes just some other things going on in life, getting some feedback back from you guys as well. So if you want to be in the community, then come and join us over there. And that's everything. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you next week week. Love you guys. Bye.